0: Hello and welcome to this week's BWB Extra, where we get to know celebrity hairstylist Larry King a little better.
1: So, let's wind the clock back. We've kind of dealt with how you ended up doing what you're doing, but what's your long-term goal?
2: My long-term goal is to succeed, obviously, with my products and to grow them to be a global product brand. My also other goal is I want to open a third salon. That's what I'm planning on doing within the next 12 months. And then, really, is to sort of um, use the money that you know the salons make to kind of start setting up sort of future salons with my team. Do you know what I mean? Giving them positions, rolling them out. I wouldn't say rolling them out. I don't want like thirty or twenty or thirty, but you know, identifying my team and if they want to, if they want to do something with me, be be in there. Where we'll you know go both go in and invest money together, split it 50-50, open a salon together. If they, it might be that they're very creative, but they not have the business side of it. In which case, I can help. Or if they're very business minded, but they don't have the creative side, again I can help. And for me, it's about I have a good, solid team and helping them achieve their like dream. Like collaborations, as well. yeah, used. collaborations. So we, you know, it might be like someone's name with Larry King, uh, you know, for Larry King, or
0: they could sell your products. I okay? guess. it could be their salon and they sell your products. Yeah, I don't really didn't really
2: think about it in the products term, you know, the products are already sold in multiple places around the UK, you know, I mean, it's more the fact that just, you know, setting stuff up with them, if they identify a nice place, I've got a manager who's a very good manager, He might he's married to an Irishman, they might want to go and open one in Dublin, let's just say, so it might be that me and him will open one in Dublin, and he obviously is my manager, so he knows how to run a business, but he might need some more support with the more, more putting the name out there. Do you know what I mean? So I can help with that side of it. So, so so helping out in certain little areas. I've got multiple staff that might want to do it, and I just think it's, I'd like to be in that position, and that's what I think having three salons in London. You know, you've obviously got the one in Monaco. I think I'd like to open one in New York. Uh, but that would be more products for the products to really help push the products across America.
1: Feels like world domination there slightly, Larry.
2: And I've got a lot of things that I want to achieve, you know, and push for, yeah.
0: What's most misunderstood about your job then?
2: That it's got no money in it.
0: That it's got no money in it. Is that the general yeah, thought? I
2: think people generally think that, that people that are hairdressers are working, you know, that... A working class and don't have a lot of money and, and it's not a very well-paid job and it hasn't got a lot of future or something like that. It's, you know, it's looked upon. It's, you know, yeah, there's a lot of youngsters out there that come into the hairdressing game that maybe haven't done well that's cool, but the potential of where you can go within the hairdressing industry is massive and you can earn huge sums of money, six figures
0: it would seem rather a, a, a relatively AI-resistant job too, you know.
1: Yeah. I don't want ChatGPT
0: cutting my hair. Well, Thanks. I'm now thinking of uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang when he invents a haircut machine, yeah. yeah, you know. no,
2: I think AI is very AI-resistant. I think it's very um, recession-proof. You know, people always need a haircut.
1: What What do you think the biggest problem is for the industry?
2: Uh, I think the biggest problem right now is that it, it, it's bringing the youngsters in, I think, you know making people realise that there is huge futures within hairdressing, in, in the, within the beauty industry itself. So I think uh, for me, it's that is a slight issue, is n- new youngsters coming through. You know, we need assistants that come in, work in the salons, train, and give them a future. And that's what I tend to do. And, but I think that within the industry, that is a good thing. I think obviously we could say that, you know, with what the government is doing right now and with taxations and stuff like that, for small businesses is very difficult right now. And I think that that should be lent on, you know, cost of gas and electricity is through the roof on small businesses. You know, they're looking at doing all the different, all these different taxes. But the business from COVID was difficult. Same as restaurants and stuff. So I think it's just small businesses get sometimes overlooked and don't have, a, don't get much worse in the government.
0: Yeah, they often don't plan around them because they're very hard to plan around to some extent, isn't it? You know, people make rules for bigger companies. So many many rules are designed around
2: larger companies. But right now, the high street is dying massively. Most high streets in most towns across the world, across England, are struggling. And honestly, hairdressers and restaurants are the two reasons why people still go into the high streets because they don't go there for shops that much now. But for little independent retail shops... You know, hairdressers play a massive part. They bring them people into them towns. You know, I mean, the same as restaurants. So the government needs to stop sitting up and taking being aware of that rather than just concentrating on everything being online and so on and so forth.
0: I I sort of mixed on the whole, like, we've got to save the high street. The high street's evolving, I think, to hark back to what it was. But you make a good point that there are certain key industries that do draw people in, out their house. And we had Alan Simpson on, who's the um, head of uh, strategy for London, and his thing was that, you know, there's a contract that goes on when you live in a city. You know, if you want to live in the city and you want all this wicked stuff around you, you've got to use it. You know, well, of if, course if, you've it, got to use if it. If you don't use it
2: enough, it won't be it there. It won't be there. And yeah. of course, it, and that, that goes for... I don't think that's the city. I think that's towns as well. Yeah, You've got sure. to use them. You've got to use them. You've got to support them. Yeah. Definitely. Local businesses, local... You know, agriculture, local produce. Everything needs to be...
0: I don't think, for me... I wouldn't put it in the phrase, you want to support them, like, because it's almost like you need to support them, like, you need to, it's charitable. That'll never sort of work. It needs to be, it needs to be something you need to do. So you've named some great ones hairdressing and restaurants. It's like there needs to be a few other things that I'm like, oh, I want to go in for that,
2: you know? Yeah, otherwise, what are you going to do? You're just going to, you know, what do people do? Sit at home, go on the metaverse, live in a world that doesn't exist anymore and. Ready player one. Yeah, like, it's just mental. Are you having to do anything
0: about climate change or what are you doing about climate change as a business?
2: Well, yeah, that's what I said. My products are doing sustainable. My products, I try to do as much as sustainability as I can within my products. We look to try and do as much as recycling and stuff like that within the salon itself. You know what I mean? I think, you know, you have to just work alongside and, you know, look after our planet massively.
0: And now a quick word from our sponsor. Business Without Bullshit is brought to you by Ori Clark, straight-talking financial and legal advice since 1935. You can find us at oriclark.com. And on this path, where have you mucked up the most? What's been your biggest fuck-up and what did you learn, do you think?
2: Honestly, touch wood, I haven't had anything that's been that big. There's been little aspects of things that have caused me little headaches for the couple of days. But I would honestly say I've never had anything that caused me massive dramas. I got through COVID, you know, I was very lucky I'd done certain things. I don't over-leverage myself as a business. I don't think do things that put more pressure on my, on the business itself.
0: What did you do in COVID? Because you couldn't, you had to shut.
2: No, but, you know, you look at what the government was offering. I also made sure that I had a certain amount of money in the bank. I don't know, like, again, I don't over-leverage myself by Paying ridiculous dividends and stuff like that—it's about looking after your your business that you've got and maintaining, and looking after, knowing that you've got sixty staff that have also got a part of flats and mortgages and rents and stuff like that. And so, I think fuck ups come when people start getting greedy and don't pay attention to their business that much, in my opinion.
1: I think that's massively true I think that is just massively true I think
2: there is other things out there don't get me wrong I, when I say that people can sit there as businesses and say well that's bullshit I've had like difficult times that I haven't brought on to myself
1: and shit happens and mistakes happen and there's nothing you can necessarily there's nothing do you can
2: do and no doubt things will happen to me and I will have look to overcome them but it's about communication, I think, and talking to people and getting support and help and not being shy to actually open up and, and talk about if you've got a little difficulty within your business, seek to speak to someone and people that can help. and Yeah, get the right answer.
1: What's the best advice you've ever had then?
2: Uh, uh, loads. Loads of people have given me advice. and
1: Become a hairdresser, clearly.
2: Yeah, become a hairdresser. Loads of people have given me advice, some advice I haven't even agreed with at the time and have argued with people about the fact that I don't agree with them, and then I go away and think about it and think, man actually they could be right there and I've actually applied it, and they were right. I wonder how many
0: sculptors and painters and people out there doing art should probably go into hairdressing. I mean mm. that, that, that's the weird thing from what you said earlier is you know it's actually quite a good career and and there's such an artistic element to it, you know, mm. in a way you're a sculptor effectively. yeah you know. of course and uh, people overlook those sort of jobs There's so, well, always that you always want to go for the most glamorous or the most oh well i want to be and it's like yeah i mean uh, as my old man said bend it bend it to your will bend it to your will you yeah. know don't make okay you want to be you know make hairdressing something else you know
1: but it does sound like the lesson from all of that is listen to advice even if you don't agree with it listen to it cuz you can think about it afterwards and decide <laughs> whether it's the right thing or yeah, not definitely. yeah yeah don't discount things out of hand
2: no definitely not
0: And what would, advice would you give your younger self? Watch Field of Dreams.
2: <laughs> yeah, what would advice would I give my younger self?
1: Have you met Kevin Costner?
2: I have actually. I have.
1: Was that a massive <laughs> letdown or was it? <laughs> right? No,
2: it was absolutely amazing. <laughs> and it's just the most random, <laughs> random meeting ever in the world. If, do you really want me to say yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, go cool. so on. I was in LA. I was on a shoot for a music video and I was standing at a hotel called the Sunset Marquee and I came down for breakfast and there's often tables of two and I, as I've come down for breakfast I said, just just breakfast for one? Yep She takes me over to this table there's a guy sitting at this table for two with his back to me and she sits me round on the table with the two that's right next to him but sits me in the diagonal seat opposite him I sit down, open menu, look up and it's Kevin Costner that's sitting there. <laughs> no way. And so we proceed to have a 45 minute breakfast with each other, chatting to each other continuously, all about me being a hairdresser, me, him in movies. So Did on you and tell so him forth. about the whole Field it,
1: of Dreams it,
2: thing? Uh, no, a little bit. So we were talking about all sorts, all sorts of things. And then he got up, he walked all the way around the table, put his hand on my shoulder, and said, It was absolutely amazing having breakfast with you. Uh, I oh, hope to see you around so the sweet. hotel and walked off. And I was literally, like, dumbstruck. And then I swear down, three years later, I'm back after COVID, only last year, sitting at Sunset Marquee, and I've gone to my wife. I've, before I've gone down for breakfast, can you imagine if Kevin Costner <laughs> was sitting in the restaurant again? She was like, that would be joke, fucking jokes. I've gone down in reception. Who's fucking sitting there? Kevin fucking Costner again. Did you sit, did you sit with him again? No, no. He was with a girl this time, and I swear... I kicked myself to this day all this year because I was like, I should have just gone over and said, Honestly, mate, this can sound really weird, but me and you sat in our breakfast in this <laughs> restaurant three years ago, and I haven't been back here for three years. And this is the first time I'm back here in three years, and me and you are back here in this restaurant again. And he would have, without a doubt, he would have remembered. Is that what's
0: your favorite person you've ever met? Or, you know,
2: oh, uh, yeah, you know, mate, I've met, you know, I've met more. <laughs> I've literally met, you name it, I've met everyone.
0: You met Eminem?
2: No, I haven't ah, met Eminem. Ah. And I would like to meet Eminem. I was in a room next to Eminem, uh, in, literally in a dressing room next to Eminem, and the door opened and I was standing again that close.
0: Any other recommendations of what to watch, listen to, podcasts? Your podcast?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, thank you for that.
2: Um... <laughs> No, I'm a a big film buff, so I watch loads of films. Okay, favourite film? I I love loads of of films. Fields of Dreams, what's number two? Star Wars. Fields of Dreams. Loads of... I'm a massive, massive film fan. Massive film fan, massive music fan. I love referencing. I think in my industry, it's all about referencing people and past history.
0: Oh, referencing hair to musicians and looks. Yeah, Yeah, like
2: Blondie and, you know, it's endlessly, you know, all different periods. I tell people, like youngsters... If you want to get into that sort of session your photographic world, is learn the hair that's gone through the year. do you know what I mean? Because it all, it all can be applied.
0: And so that was this week's episode of BWB Extra, and we'll be back tomorrow with our finale for the week, the Business or Bullshit Quiz. Stay tuned.